Hello and welcome to a new recording of Doctrine and Doxology. I am Skylar Spradlin. And I am Larry Jones. Yes, you are. You haven't changed for almost a thousand years. Neither have you. For 970. Yeah, 70 something years. Uh, at least not that I know of. I have been constantly changing from salvation on. Well, you're still the same Larry Jones in I'm one not, sense. I'm not the same. Biologically. You've never seen me the way I was. And, and neither would have you, want you to. <laughs> and you don't want to either. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we are glad that you have joined us for this podcast. Um, uh, I don't know what the goal is of this podcast. There are many, I think. Uh, but we have been looking at doctrines of the Christian faith. Yes. And yes. hopefully those uh, teachings are stirring us up to worship and devotion and adoration of God. That's what doxology means. Yes, that's true. But there are other things that we do also, namely the pastor's cohort. And that's where we uh, take uh, church leaders who enroll in that program and give them free books. Wow. And try to encourage them uh, in the ministry, uh, things like that. Our focus is specifically uh, the study of the church or the technical term as ecclesiology. That's our goal, to wow. really bolster a healthy view of the church so that these men can go and invest that in their churches and make healthy churches. That's what ecclesiology means? Ecclesiology is the study of the church. Okay. Ecclesia. Yeah. I, I like this broadcast because, or this podcast, because I learn something new every time. Every time? Wow. Practically. You knew that word. But then sometimes we get to throw an old word in there. Or make up a word. Or make up a word. Dingle. Uh, Dingle was the last one. I, I heard a, a new word. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it's, uh, I'm going to think of it. Please, please make sure that it's the right one and appropriate. I, I can't think of it now. I'll think of it in a minute. That's uh, probably the Lord's doing. Yep. Speaking of the Lord's doing. I got it. I got it. Oh, no. It's called Collywobble. What's it mean? Collywobble is to be anxious and have an upset stomach because of it, and being very nervous, uh, anxious. It's an old word. How do you spell it? C-O-L... Don't worry about it. L-Y-W-O-B-L-E, something like that. You found it, didn't you? Yeah. So it's a real word. I looked it up, too. Collywobble. It's there's no collywobble. There's there is collywobbles. Okay, with an S. Collywobbles. Intestinal cramps or other intestinal disturbances. That's a good way of saying that. Yes. Intestinal disturbances. A feeling of fear, apprehension, or nervousness. Look at you. You're yeah. a regular wordsmith. Doesn't that give you the collywobbles? Gives me the collywobbles, <laughs> man. Wow. Okay, that's a cool that's, word. That's a cool word. I heard it on a movie the other night. I uh, hold on one second. Let me pull that back up. Probably what originated in 
has something to do with 18, cholera. 1815. It's also slang. The collywobbles is slang for an upset stomach. Other things I'm not going to say on here. Okay. And an intense feeling of nervousness. Yes. Uh, probably from the new Latin... Uh, <laughs> uh, col- cholera morbus. Okay, we're going deeper than we intended. I just thought it was a cool word. Uh, I think I've felt that experience every once in a while. It's influenced by uh, influenced through folk etymology by colic and wobble. Yeah. Oh man, I got the colic wobbles. Yes. Yeah, that I, is a cool word. I do have them occasionally. The train has officially derailed, and so... Okay, let's get it back on track. Yeah, there's no other way than to just stop and go that way. If it's okay with you, I would like to list what we've gone over in uh, recent history Mm. in salvation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I kind of read it to you earlier. Okay, I'm going to get a drink while you do that. Okay, please do. This is the order of salvation according to Grudem. First, uh, election where God chooses us. Uh, that's quite a comforting aspect. Uh, the gospel call, proclaiming the message of the gospel, then comes regeneration, or being born again. Then comes conversion, where we have faith and repentance. And then comes justification, where we now have legal standing because God gave it to us. Then we have adoption and membership into God's family. Then starts sanctification, where we where we become more and more like Christ. And that's what we covered. That's what we covered last, last time. time. Yes. Then he lists perseverance. Perseverance? Perser. That's uh, straight from Oklahoma. Perseverance. They take, I put too many R's in there. Perseverance. Are remaining in Christ. Then we have death, where we go to be with the Lord, unless he comes first and takes us home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then glorification, receiving a resurrected body. So we, we've covered glorification? No. Oh, you just went ahead. You just went beyond just history. Yeah, he gave, he gave us ten things. Okay. And we actually only covered the first seven. But I thought it, I thought it would be good that we mentioned what happens at salvation and that is when we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Well, most of this happens at salvation. I mean, most of this is in a moment, right? Correct. Correct. Everything except for sanctification. Yeah. Well, it starts and in glorification. Start. Yeah, definitely. It starts and in a moment. But I think grows. we talked about the technical sanctification where we're technically set apart in that moment, but then progressive sanctification where over time we're, increasingly made more like Christ. Yes, absolutely. In all the areas of conduct and thought and all that. But none of that happens without the Spirit first indwelling us. And and really that happens... Absolutely. I think we should say that happens in regeneration. I think we could say that. I think that's where it happens. What makes us living spiritually is that we're united to the living one. Yes. And it's the Spirit who imparts life. And so when the Spirit dwells within us, comes within us, He regenerates our spirit, our being, our soul, right. takes up residency. 
Right. So there are differing views about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, there are. And there's even a more complexity involved here when we talk about being filled with the Spirit. Yes. So we actually mean, sometimes we mean the same thing, and sometimes we mean two different things when we say baptism with the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. Correct. So we're not necessarily <laughs> right now going to get into the field part, are we? Maybe just touch on it a bit at the end. I, I don't know. Uh, I appreciate that the Holy Spirit comes into my life and gives me power to do things for the Lord. Uh, for we one thing, yeah, when we, I, we need to clarify that. Okay. Eventually. Well, I I think when I go to someone's uh, residence to witness to them, mm-hmm, 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 I think mm-hmm. God empowers me to say the right things. Yes. And it's kind of pretty evident uh, when you see Paul's sermons, you see Peter's sermons, you see the filling of the Holy Spirit and him saying exactly what God wants to be said. Yes. That'll bring people to a realization of their need for God. Yes. What we don't mean by that is Star Wars, you're using the force to do what you want to do. I've never lifted a rock. Well, when you say he gives you power. By, by looking at it. Real funky like and oh, I wish they could see your face. You've never done that? Man, you haven't I, lived I've thrown one before, but uh I had to bend over to pick it up. It's a hard life. So yes, we're not talking about that. Well, I think we should talk about baptism in the spirit. Okay. And then as we have time, maybe at the end. I, th- I think feel the feeling of the Spirit is much more complicated. And so I think maybe okay. just touch on it at the end, maybe. Okay. I do want to say, before we go any further, we have talked about this before. Yes. We have talked about the person and the nature of the Holy Spirit. Very, very correct. And we will again. But that's not necessarily what we're talking about right now. We're talking about one aspect of his role in okay. in the context or category of salvation. Yes. And what he does in this kind of moment. Yes. Because we're, we're not also going to talk about, and I think we did maybe last week, about how he helps us in sanctification. We're, Absolutely. We're not going to go all through the different stages of Christian living. But, but some of them are fun. But we're kind of concerned right now with that First indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, the baptism moment of the Spirit. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay. What Spit is it? Spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You tell me. What is it? Um, well, is it is it Ephesians 4? Is it Ephesians um, 4 where it talks about we have one uh, baptism? Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine with wine, that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. I think that's probably that's after not, salvation. That's not what I'm thinking. Okay. Where's the phrase, and he's got the verse in there, I'm sure, where it talks about being baptized in the Spirit. Okay. I thought it was Ephesians. One Lord, Ephesians one faith, one, Ephesians? one baptism. Ephesians. There's two E's in there. Ephesians. Uh, I think it is for you're You're looking in his book. I'm looking in the Bible. Please do. 
Please do what? Look in the Bible. I am. It's the most important book of all. Let's see. I just read it to the other day. This is bad. Ephesians 4. You were right. Yeah. Verse 4. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. Right. Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yes. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. What does he mean by that one baptism? Well, I think you that, see, Skyler, this is what that means. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think it's, it's talking about the moment when, uh, when the God does those attributes and uh, does the process of salvation. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say that the Holy Spirit indwells us at well that's what i think regeneration that's what i think that baptism is yes there's one lord one faith and one baptism into the spirit and there are other is it first corinthians gosh i wish i'd have thought about these verses before and looked them up Hmm. that talk about the 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 baptism of the spirit anyways what do we mean when we say that I mean, we're talking. We're Baptist. We have yeah, that idea of baptism. Lots of baptism in our history. <laughs> we, we think about uh, getting somebody in a pool of water Immersion. and dunking them, bringing them back up. Right. That's the that's the the same word and language for this immersed immersed in the Holy Spirit. Right. And so we, we mean he takes up residence. He dwells within us. If we go back over to Ephesians 1, he is the seal and guarantee of our inheritance. I'm trying to find where the verse starts. Verse 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That happens when we hear the gospel and believe and are saved. Yes. We're sealed yes. with the Spirit. So we're we're marked, we're indwelt by God's yeah. Spirit. He's our guarantee. Baptized by God's Spirit, yes. And set out for eternity. Yes. Yeah, I like the idea of, of He's guaranteeing our salvation. Well, yeah, he's, and He's doing a lot of other things. He's comforting, He's instructing, He's convicting, He's guiding, He's praying on our behalf. He's glorifying Christ in our lives. What we don't mean, I guess maybe we should say that. There are some who take the baptism of the Spirit as something that happens apart from salvation Correct. or second to salvation Correct. as a kind of enhancement of the spiritual life, bringing greater spiritual gifts, sure. um, enabling a person to do more spiritual things. In my opinion, it creates a two, two-tier, two-class Christianity. Exactly what Grudem said. Well, my goodness. Sure that's not my book? I think he got that from you. I highly <laughs> doubt it. I've heard the man speak. He gets nothing from me. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. I think it, it creates this class system of those who have and those who have so not. You're a, you're, a, you're a Christian, yes, but you haven't really been baptized in the Holy Spirit, so you're a... a 
a lesser Christian. Yeah, and they would say the proof of that is all the spiritual gifts and things that you can do. And that's when you're really kind of super spiritual. And they wouldn't use those words. But correct, correct. That's how it comes across. Yeah. Yeah. But we believe that, just what Ephesians 1 said there, you're indwelt and baptized into the Spirit in the moment of conversion. Yes, yes. And from that moment, you're increasingly submitting your life to the Spirit's work and leadership. Sure. And there are moments when when uh, the Lord grace is gracious to us and gives us a closer relationship, a, a closer feeling. Uh, and I think that's the Holy Spirit quickening us again. Not uh, that not that you can be quickened twice. Well, I, I think that's when we get into the language of being filled. Yeah, because there's some days when I prayed or read the scripture that it's just come alive. It just, it's more, more meaningful than it ever had been. Yeah, it's a special measure of grace. Yeah. Where, where we're enabled to speak on behalf of the Lord or recite scriptures or, or under, understand understands, yeah. yeah, or prayers becoming easy or worship is, is coming to us easy in that season. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's grace where God has seemingly taken more control uh, and, and uh, chased off some of the hindrances. One thing I wanted to point out was I believe the indwelling of the Spirit, the, the language we're using, the baptism of the Spirit, I believe that's the mark of the New Covenant. So if we looked in Jeremiah 31 and we looked in Ezekiel 36, I think especially in Ezekiel 36, where the Lord talks about the New Covenant and the New Coming Day. Yes, yes. And one of the marks yes. is, I'm going to put my Spirit within you. Yes. And so where the Old Covenant had circumcision as the sign of the covenant. Yes. I, I personally don't think baptism is the sign of the new covenant. I think the baptism of the spirit is the sign of the new covenant. Okay. That every Christian is marked and indwelt internally. And Paul would say a circumcision of the heart. Yes. By the spirit of God. Yes. That's why I'd say that's partly why I also don't think there's a second baptism of the spirit. Why would you be baptized twice? Well, why do you need the mark of the covenant twice? If you're marked, if you have the mark <laughs> of the, if you belong to Christ and you're under the new covenant with Christ and uh, you have the mark of the new covenant, you don't need that mark again. Right, right. You're you're filled, you're sealed and indwelt. Right. So this this feeling thing is is much more, as I said, complicated. It's not one of those touchy-feely things, is it? No, but when you're filled with the Spirit. <laughs> oh, filled. Yeah. This, I thought you said feeling thing. I Well, I said feeling thing, yeah. Feeling, so Feeling thing, yeah. I got you. Because the Spirit doesn't leave us. Yes, He, he doesn't. He dwells us, indwells us permanently. Sure. He's come and been sent by Christ in John 16 as our helper to indwell us permanently. But there are those seasons where he does give this special measure of grace where it does feel like he's a, a bit more in control. Right. And a lot of times after these seasons, we never fall back to the mediocrity that we had before. Yeah, uh, I wish I could say that. 
you could actually say that, but it may not be true. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? I wish I could say that. Well, there's been many times in life where I have fallen back into mediocrity. Yeah. The slump of the soul or the night of the soul or winter of the soul, whatever you want to call it. I like slump of the soul. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I made that one up, I think. I uh, think so, too. It's pretty good. I I mean, it's it's this kind of slump that you fall into, you know, like, isn't that what they call it when batters aren't doing very good in the batting slump? Yes, they do. Yeah, and I think that's true spiritually. Like, I, I can have those special moments where I feel particularly n- close and near to God and used right, by right, God. Right, And then the next week or whatever be wicked. I agree. Well, you just but said it, you never go back. Well, but you know, the, the, there's an upward trend for the Christian. They, they, they're saved. They start growing in Christ. They're, they're start growing and growing and growing. And there are moments when they fall back into sin and stuff that eagerly plague, easily plagues us. Mm-hmm. But then, but if you look on a chart, you wouldn't see us going back to ground zero. Right. We're trajectorying, uh, our trajectories up. Our trajectories up. And, and, and sometimes those those peaks and valleys are sharp, but hopefully as we grow in maturity, they're more round. Yeah, and as we come off of a peak, we don't slump all the way back to the... Yeah. I mean, we've gained something here. Yeah. And once you've experienced living for the Lord and having been in a close intimate relationship even more intimate than before you don't want to go back yeah there's something in you says i like it here yeah i want to stay in this place and when i find myself falling out of that place i strive yeah to get back into it yeah that's Uh, good ask god to help me get there because i can't crank up my own spirituality i can't get up there on my own yeah that's good takes god's spirit to give me that hot shot. Yeah, it is a hot shot sometimes. <laughs> I also think it would be important for us to just briefly touch on here. Um, if we believe that Christians are baptized in the Spirit, and that's true for all Christians, okay. not just some, and if we believe that that happens, and that's part of the New Covenant mark, and if we believe that happens at the moment of salvation mm-hmm. and conversion then it's something we should examine within ourselves to see if God's Spirit dwells within us. Absolutely. Have we ever been moved by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit? Do we yearn for it? Do we do, do we yearn for the indwelling of the Spirit? Do we sense that something's off if He has maybe drawn a little further away? I'm saying this, is a, this can be a, an examination for salvation. Sure, a lot of people doubt, have doubts of their salvation. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? I mean, you're yeah, you're you're saying. I think you're about to say exactly what I mean. But I I was more so thinking those who profess to be Christians, but they don't they don't have the spirit in them. Okay, but you're saying the flip saying, side of that. I'm saying the actual the someone who has been born again, who has been quickened, who has. Mm-hmm believed and uh, and has the Holy Spirit in them 
sometimes they go into a season of doubt. Oh yeah. Because how could uh, how could someone who is a believer do what I do? Yeah. Or why do I still have desires for ungodly things? Sure. Or whatever else. Yeah. And I think a lot of times those things may be with you forever mm-hmm. until the Lord takes you home. Yeah. Uh, not that they, I think they decrease in intensity Yeah. as you're uh, submitting and submitting and repenting and repenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things don't hound you like they used to. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and that's kind of how we pray. It's how I pray. Lord, keep keep my mind focused on you and not on the things that of my lustful flesh yeah but keep my mind on you yeah and then help me to avoid you know you you avoid things uh if, if there's something that that draws you into your your own lustful temptations avoid it yeah yeah stay away from those places yeah sometimes that's difficult because sin's all around you Yes, but sometimes we have to deal with things that we have control over, and sometimes it means um, giving up luxuries. I sure, mean, I mean, I, sure. I, I had re- I've wrestled with that in life before, and uh, that's one of the things I came to realize that I need to give some things up for my own spiritual well-being. Right, right. But I didn't want to. But then I, God just helped me understand that these are luxuries. They're not necessary for life or joy right. or fulfillment. These are just add-ons. And, and so I can, I can get rid of those. Right. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit convicts us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, it's our goal to repent quickly mm-hmm. uh, and sin less. Yeah. We've mentioned that before. But. but that's, again, those are the graces of God dwelling in us. And so... If you're a Christian who doubts, uh, look for the evidence of the Spirit working in you. Right. If you're one who professes faith in Christ, you need to ask, has the Spirit worked in me? Does He work in me? More than just me feeling guilty about things my parents told me I shouldn't do because right. I know right, right from wrong. Right. Is there actually a sense of conviction or struggling or striving or even a desire to be right with God? Right. So, so that's a good... Uh, a measuring stick. Yeah. Well, uh, again, we have not scratched the surface even. It gives me the collie the wobbles. Wow. <laughs> you give me the collie wobbles. Um, there's so much more, I feel like, that could be addressed in this subject. Um, just for reference, I mean, we're talking about something that people debate and debate and debate and debate sure and so we're not going to cover it in 20 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever sure. it is um, but maybe it gets people to thinking and realizing hey at conversion you're indwelt by god himself in his spirit absolutely and you're sealed and you're marked and you're guaranteed uh, and that can be a comfort and a test for your salvation and sure. god has enabled you through the presence of his spirit to walk with him to know him and to serve him very and that, good. that's ultimately what it means to be baptized in the Spirit. Yeah, but it's comforting. There's a certain amount of peace that that gives you. You know, we we know we have joy of Jesus, uh, having Jesus in our lives and and loving him and caring for him. It gives you internal joy. But also there's that 
peace that passes understanding. And I think a lot of that is knowing that you're his and that you know it because you feel his presence within you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up here and close, okay. we should say, uh, see you next month. Actually, Actually in August. Month after next. Yeah. See you in August. We are taking a summer break. Uh, just, uh, we're actually going to be gone. You're going to be gone a little bit. I'm going to be gone a little bit. Yeah. Uh, July is kind of our time, uh, right before school ramps up in August. So, uh, pray for us. If you think about it, that we would get rest and be spiritually refreshed yes. and yes. physically refreshed so that we can serve our church and, uh, all the new students coming for school and the university and, uh, all the life that's about to be infused into our community in about 30 yep. 35 days so it's going to get very exciting yeah around here and it's a lot of lot of work and effort so we're going to take some time and try to rest and see what the lord has for us in august both here in our local church but also on this podcast so pray for us and uh man thank you if you listen thank you for listening it is humbling yes. uh, the responsibility is real um just like you said the other day, somebody walked up and said, uh, recognize, <laughs> recognize your voice. <laughs> and we both just kind of went, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it is humbling. We're thankful when people do that, when people let us know that they listen. I don't really know how to respond because it's because it yeah, I, I know what I sound like. Well, and I know that there's better things out there. And so I'm I'm just super humbled. Yeah. Uh, that so hopefully God can use what we do. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. So you want to pray for us and then see you guys in August, Lord willing. Lord willing. Father, we are truly grateful and thankful for what we've been studying about salvation. It's nice, Lord, that we are able to uh, look into it and see how you work in our lives, how you fill us with your spirit, how you redeem us from our lost ways and I just thank you for your wonderful love and the precious gift that you had to, that you paid to give us that eternal life. I just uh, ask you to help us as we go through life to be bold in our witness, always be looking for someone to share that great good news with. Uh, and we love you. Thank you so much for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.